You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yasmeen Yazzie Speaks Arrington, host of Millennial Minds. This evening, we have Mr. Deontay Carroll, <laughs> author of Saved, Sanctified, and Addicted to Porn, Overcoming Sexual Perversion. Deontay reveals how he became addicted to pornography and its effects on his marriage, spiritual life, and relationship with God. He provides steps to redemption and words of encouragement for his readers. He hopes to spread hope for anyone else bound by addiction to pornography and shares how to repair a relationship with God. His bottom line message is you can break free and stay free. Um, well, welcome, Deontay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. How you doing this evening? I am cold, I'm hot, I'm everything. Doing <laughs> the radio, there's a whole bunch of feelings going I on. I know, I know, but um, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you. Um, thank you for, for letting uh, reaching out to us and letting us know your story. Mm-hmm. And thank you also for um, your willingness to be transparent. Pleasure's <clears throat> all mine. Yeah, I think... We can get into this later, but um, especially, you know, both you and I coming from mm-hmm. our backgrounds and also um, being in having been in divinity school and right. being preachers, um, it just in general, it doesn't even have to, we don't even have to limit it to the church, but um, millions, probably if not billions of people, mm-hmm. um, men and women and transgender, all inclusive um, watch porn and there are probably many many people who for lack of a better term are addicted I guess or it ends up like consuming their life but <clears throat> without without further ado um, please you know just tell us tell us about yourself who you are where you were born and raised where you come from and um, why you decided um, to write this book okay well first of all my name is Deontay Carroll I'm 26 years old just turned 26 in October um, so I'm from DC, from DC area, live in Maryland now. Um, but this particular addiction, I wrote this story about two years ago and I was just beginning to walk into my deliverance as we like to call it in the church or the holiness church deliverance. And I had been wrestling with this issue of being addicted to porn when I was 13 years old, I was exposed to my first pornographic flick. Mm -hmm. And so for 10 years from age 13 to 23, I wrestled with this addiction. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, nobody knew about it. I got married at 19. I brought the addiction into my marriage. My wife at the time, I'm divorced now. My wife at the time didn't know about the addiction. So I wrestled with it. I had nobody to talk to. I had nobody to, to, you know, seek help with. And for years I was like, well, you know, God, this can't be right because I'm giving this addiction more time than I'm giving you. And anytime you make something, you give your undivided attention to more than God, that becomes your idol. That becomes your God. Mm -hmm. And so pornography was my God. Pornography was my idol. Pornography was what I ran to to cope with my low self-esteem with, um, mm-hmm. you know, not feeling loved, not feeling attracted, attractive, mm-hmm. not feeling, I didn't even love myself. And so I, I write in the book, I talk about the many different reasons that causes a person to want to go to pornography or resort to pornography, mm-hmm. low self-esteem. You have that, you have, um, not feeling love. You have curiosity, but boredom, but it didn't start off that way though. Right. Like, no, it was probably just an introduction. Like it, it you was know, an introduction. Was like watch this. Or right. Was that- so without going into, cause you got to read the book, you got to buy the book, get the okay. book. So I was, there was a seed planted. So I was 
kind of shown my first pornographic flick and I didn't become addicted right then and there, but the seed was planted and therefore the curiosity weeks later became, you know, brought back up into my mind. Like, you know, I wonder, you know, cause at the time people talked about masturbation in school and, you know, jacking off that kind of thing. And so thinking about that and showing my first pornographic flick, I was saying to myself, well, how does this go hand in hand? And so I just remember the actual night that I actually, you know, took it upon myself to watch a flick again and to masturbate and all that kind of thing. And then from there, it was history. Like, it, it was terrible. It, it was terrible. I have a question. Wait, what was terrible? Well, how I became addicted to it in oh. terms of and then masturbation and how often uh-huh. I did it. Yeah. And it just consumed me. It consumed a uh-huh. lot of me at 13 years old. So let me ask you, my, my mind is racing just because, you know, I, I, I don't want to use the word fascinated, but mm-hmm. for one... I notice, like when you use this terminology, which I respect, mm-hmm. um, it it just seems to roll off your tongue. Like you seem very comfortable, you know. Talk, like how how did you get to that point? To where talk about you, porn. Yeah, or just just okay. Let me frame it this way, you know, in our just in society in general, and and even in the church, sometimes mm-hmm. in some contexts, not all. Um, you know, terms like sex and terms like masturbation, terms like porn, these things either are taboo, they're mm-hmm. not said at all, or Most if definitely. they're said, it's like a, it's kind of like this, ooh, like type or like, oh, you know, kind of mm-hmm. type reaction from adults as well. Yeah. So how, how did you come to the point where you, you were you're okay, like you're comfortable speaking, speaking your truth and like using the terminology? Well, the Lord had to deal with me about that. And so scripture says we've overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Mm -hmm. But the problem is a lot of times, especially when it comes to preachers, we like to water down our testimony. So we have to tell it for what it is. I mean, we like to clean up the things that we've gone through. We like to clean up the hell that we've been through. Uh And a lot of times I feel as though as a preacher myself, I feel like I can say this. Mm -hmm. We would be way more effective as preachers, as a church, as the body of Christ, if we told the truth. Because the problem is a lot of times we're not relatable to the people. People look at us and say, you know what? You too holy. You ain't never been through nothing. You right, ain't never had right? no struggles. Yeah. Like it's like no it looks like the perfect right. picture perfect. Right. It looks but like, if yeah. but if the if the lay member and if the person that's just coming in for the first time, they look at the preacher and they hear the preacher say, You know what? I used to commit adultery. I used to fornicate. I used to have Right. You adultery. never you never hear that. And you say, you and know some what? Some people still look, let me calm down. Yeah. Some people might still be dealing right or still be in that Mm -hmm. active sin right but you never i never hear that it's always like you Mm -hmm. you know you need to get right with the holy spirit you need to repent you need to we need you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying it's never like i never hear it Mm -hmm. we have to be we have to be relatable to the people and we're not gonna get into the whole theology thing, but that's what the whole purpose of Jesus, you know, with him coming down. He in order for him to die for our sins, he had to be relatable. So he had to make himself subject to the same pain, to the same mm. hell, wow. to the same heartache that we had to go through. Who wouldn't serve a God like that? Because we know that well, if he came and made himself subject to that same stuff, so he understands what I'm going through. So as a preacher, I understand what you're going through when it comes to perversion and sex and pornography because I wrestle with it. I didn't have nobody to talk to. I wish I had somebody sit me down at thirty. And the funny part about it was the same year that I became addicted to porn was the same year I gave my life over to Christ. Interesting. It was the, the exact same year. The exact wow. same year. And what year was that? Oof. 
I was 13. Oh, you were 13. Oh, I was 13. So, so that was like 2000 something. Yeah. 2007. I'm bad with math. I hate math. I know. I know. <laughs> me too. It was like 2007. I but I know my money though. Give me my money. <laughs> I know my money. Wait a minute. <laughs> Precise on that Precise one. Precise on it. You said it was 26.95. Why are you charging me? Nah. Mm-mm. But you charged me twenty eight thirty five. No, it's it's not gonna I, work. I love it. It's I not gonna it. work. I love it. It's um, not gonna work. So you were saying I I heard you listing some of the reasons why perhaps mm-hmm. reasons why people turn to porn, mm-hmm. um, and and say those again. You said something about self esteem and what right. else? Low self esteem, curiosity, boredom. Uh huh. Um, and I also one of the other things that led me to it was I felt unattractive. I didn't have many girlfriends. I didn't feel even when you were married, you still felt. Did you still feel kind of unattractive? Um, yeah. Well, we actually had our own issues going oh. on, but uh, before we actually divorced, she found out because I told her I brought it to her, and then that's when I started working towards my deliverance process mm-hmm. and working towards trying to really be clean and come away from mm-hmm. it. And what ended up happening was um, my stepson at the time. I think he was like thirteen, and he was, you know beginning to experience puberty his first dance at school and things of that nature and so it was his first few interactions with females and then i noticed some of the stuff that i did when i became addicted i saw him do it so it started out with him like taking these long showers and then taking (laughs) (laughs) taking long showers and then it taking him 45 minutes to get dressed with the door locked. And so I noticed I used to do some of the same stuff, uh-huh. you know, when I had first got addicted. So I'm like, wait a minute, this is a pattern. And so I caught on to the pattern, but his mother didn't really catch on to it. Okay. And so interesting. I would bust it. You know, I'm that kind of father. Like, look, you in my house. I mean, you can lock the door. I find a way to unlock a door. And so I, um, I bust in the bathroom. He laid out in the shower. I mean, <laughs> he just going to town. And he just going to town. He just going to work. But, <laughs> oh but you know what? But at that time, at that, t- <laughs> at that time, at that time, to my recollection, my wife at the time didn't even know about my addiction or how bad it was. Mm-hmm. And my son at the time, he didn't know. So when he started going to his first school dance, his mom, you know, and he would do little things like watch the electronics at night and be looking at porn. And we would check the history and we would see different pornographic sites in the URL and the history section of his tablets. And so oh. his mom, right, some of the same dumb stuff I used to do, get yeah. caught with my, by my mother. I uh-huh. remember. i never forget that, boy. I was so terrified. I thought she was going to bust me in the chest, but she ain't doing that. She probably didn't know how to handle me at the time. But anyway, so <laughs> but anyway, so he had, we had found out that he was looking at pornography. Okay. His oh. mo- his mother was upset. She was rah rah. You know, you know how mothers can be. They get all upset. Cut you. Where you get this from? Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I told her. I said, look. I said I deal with him. I- I'll talk to him. And so I put him to the side. And I think at this particular time, she had already found out because I had already told her about you know my addiction. And I said, oh, so she knew she- about. She you, at that time we, at that time when we found out he was into it she had already known okay about my story oh so maybe so, she thought he got it from you maybe she thought that or no? um no she didn't think that she that, oh, okay. because good. I'm the kind of father like look y'all ain't you know kids like to play on their parents' phone you mm-hmm. ain't playing on my phone mm-hmm. you ain't doing none of that because you ain't gonna pay for my you ain't you ain't breaking my phone I'm not buying me another one so I was just real strict right. as a dad uh-huh. right and so I knew he didn't have it from me because I didn't have any material. 
I had no DVDs, no magazines, no nothing. Uh, and so we kind of investigated. He had got it from school. He had got the material. You got interested in school. And so he was the kind of person. He's real quiet. And so he wouldn't, you know, talk about a lot of things that he was going through. So I said, you know what? I said, I'll, I'll talk to him. I talked to him, went in his room, and I told him, I said, look, I know what you're going through because I wrestle with you. Mm-hmm. I got addicted at 13 years old, and the look on his face just changed. And he was like, you know, you can relate to this. You, you, you know, and he about knows this? you're a preacher too. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, you know, when I met your mother, I struggled with it. Mm-hmm. I wrestled with it. Your mother knows about the story. I said, but look, when you having these urges, come to me so we can talk about it. So I tell you how to, you know, deal with it. I mean, we talk about, you know, the thorn, the thorn in the flesh and all that. This is my thorn in the flesh. This is the thorn in my flesh. Wow. But the thing is, I have to deal with that thorn. I have mm-hmm. to maneuver. I mean, it's, I just love your tra- like your transparency is so I'm going to say liberating. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about liberation theology. I think yeah. that this is a whole a whole new it's not brand new, but it's like a new perspective. Like, you know, what is liberation? Right. Yeah. You know, for you to know what it is, know your thorn to embrace it. And like you said, maneuver yeah. like if I think if more of us could do that, Christian mm-hmm. and otherwise, I think we would be better people. Yeah. I think we would be more empathetic. I think we would be more understanding, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but I'm listening though. Yeah, uh, one thing about me, anybody who knows me, my friends, anybody, I can be one of the most honest people that you ever wanted me. If, uh, if you don't want to know the truth, <laughs> do not do ask Deontay. <laughs> I will. I'm shy. I'm really shy for real. I'm not, I know. I know you about. were so quiet. In I'm sure. I'm so shy. I barely talked. I did. You were so quiet. You probably knew my face. You ain't even know my name. But it I, was cool though. I did it. No, I'm so shy. I'm quiet. <laughs> I'm really quiet for real. Uh-huh. I'm a preacher. You know, I'm a Baptist, a Pentecostal, apostolic. I'm all that wrapped up in one. <laughs> so, you know, you get the whole hooping and, uh-huh. and all and yelling and speaking and uh-huh. talking and all that. Can but, you do a little bit for us? Huh? Oh, no, nah, I ain't finna do that. They ain't you ready should. For that. They ain't ready for Come that. Come on. They ain't ready for that. They ain't ready for it. They ain't ready for it. Say Jesus. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Put me in C shop. A <laughs> flat. Then we gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm one of them. You said Put me in C shop. We finna go to Hoopville and preach and drive. That's what we going. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I'm very truthful and honest. And so before I even wrote this book, I started talking about it in my sermons. I would talk really? about it. I would talk about it. That's and how ha- I became. How did, how was that received? I mean, nobody said anything sideways or look. They just was like, wow, you, you know, like you wrestle with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wrestle saw a with lot it. of people wrestle with it the main question is is it possible so the title of the book is saved sanctified and addicted to porn overcoming sexual perversion Mm -hmm. and sometimes the question is is it possible to be saved sanctified and addicted to porn yes because you can be saved and a liar saved and a manipulator saved in the curt in the you know you know curse all the time saved in a backbiter saved in a gossiper saved and you just you know, money hungry so yeah wow that's deep yeah you could be saved but the thing is you know that that's why we have grace that's why we have mercy that's why we have the ability to be born again Thank you. that's why we have the opportunity to have a relationship with christ and he's given us different things in his word we had to be transformed by the renewing of our mind yes. and so yeah that's you may Bible. be a gossip you may be a gossiper you may be a liar you may be somebody addicted to sex and porn or whatever mm-hmm. whatever the case may be but that's why you have to first in order for you to start walking in deliverance you gotta first it has to start in your mind first 
You have to make up in your mind that you want to be delivered, that you want something different, that you want something better. And for me, I think honestly, for me, what did it for me is when my stepson at the time was addicted to porn. That's what changed my life. Because even though he didn't get it from me, I still felt responsible because he was in my house. Wow. That's deep. right. I felt responsible. And I said to myself, I said, Deontay, this was you at 13. He's 13. You're raising this kid. Mm-hmm. Right. And you wish you said all the time to yourself, you wish you had somebody to help you and to um, talk to you and to sit you down. You owe it to him. Mm-hmm. So wow. first of all, if you really want to help him, you got to make sure you're walking in your deliverance first. Mm. Because too many times we have preachers or even preachers, kids, they see that their, their moms and dads preach week after week after mm-hmm. week, Sunday after Sunday, mm-hmm. preach Bible study. Multiple times on Multiple a Sunday. Multiple times on a Sunday, yep, sometimes two, three services. Uh-huh. But, Four, three, four, three, four, five. No, but the reality, <laughs> Six, the reality is it's silly. their parents are like the most heathens. Wow. I mean, hell raises outside of church. Interesting. I mean, they preach something. They preach good on Sundays or Saturdays if you're a Sabbath keeper or whatever. But mm-hmm. Monday through <laughs> Saturday, you live, you live like hell. Wow. And so. I said to myself, I said, look, I owe it to my kid at least walk in this. Make sure I walk in this. Mm -hmm. And so it's been like, what, two years, seven months now that I've been clean. Yeah, congratulations. You can't even pay me to look at porn now. Like, you you can't. You can't. And and I've been going through for those who know me. You know, I'm a private person, too, at the same time. Mm -hmm. I'm very truthful, but I'm private. Mm -hmm. So I've been going through a divorce the last year of my life. I lost weight. I mean, just dropping a lot of stress. And you would think that even is going Is this through, from the first marriage or is this a, is this? No, I only had one marriage. Oh, okay. I only okay. had one marriage. Got you. And so, but Lord willing, I'll get married again one day. Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. It's good Hallelujah. for, it, it is not good for man to be alone. There you go. Haka <laughs> That's true. My God. That's true. But I mean, and you know, so. Some, hmm? some preachers won't remarry people. First of all, first of all. <laughs> I am 26 years old. I am too young and I am too handsome not to be married. Okay. You ever seen my picture on Instagram and Facebook? I am too handsome. I love the car. So let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. I remember you mentioning, which I think is a beautiful, a beautiful thing to see, to see you and your essence and your spirit, see where you are now. Right. So now, okay. So, you know, I I hear you talking about dealing with the, you know, deal, God dealing with you. Right. Mm -hmm. And deliverance. Um, but this self-esteem piece, I'm mm-hmm. interested because a lot of people, a lot of folks, you know, go through self-esteem issues, even if they even if people tell them they look a, like look right. good or if they think they they look that way on like social media. But on the inside, they don't really have that sort of confidence. Mm-hmm. So how, how what was the turning point for you there? Like, how were you able to were you were you realizing your value in Christ and like your or, or like what was it? You know, honestly, I didn't start realizing my value, my self esteem and confidence didn't go up until I got into the whole divorce separation piece. Mm. And you know, I lived by myself. I mean, I had two boys, DJ and Nigel. They're gonna listen to this whenever it come out. Aww. They gonna be all excited or whatever. But I mean, of course, I live by cute. myself. Oh, thank you, thank you. They handsome, just like they pappy. There you go. There yeah, you yeah. go. But look, just so like I didn't. Yeah, so I didn't. God, God really started working on me with this whole confidence and self esteem. You know, post separation, like after I got separated, because at that time I don't even have a TV in my house. I've been living by myself 
for over a year okay. in my own place. Okay. And so I had no TV. I take all that time and I spend it when I'm home. I spend it with God. I wow. fast. Amen. That's part of why I'm so small. Like I'm a toothpick. My grandmother hate how small I am. Well, you know, yeah, but I mean, no, I'm just saying, but but doing that fasting, you know, and that praying and really, you know, dedicating a lot of time to God, I allow him to make the crooked places straight and I allow him you wow. to use that time to speak to me and deal with me about me. Because preachers, we got we always got to worry about somebody else for somebody else. Right. But before we can even be effective messengers and, and preach to somebody else about about themselves, mm. God got to deal with us first. Wow. And so uh, all these months, this last year, some change, he's been dealing with me about me Mm. and really building me up and affirming me and confirming who I am in Mm. him. And looking my, because I used to hate looking in the mirror at myself. I thought I was the most ugliest thing walking the streets. Mm. But he's like, you know what, Deontay, look in the mirror. You handsome. Say it. Mm. And you can say it. I mean, you say it jokingly. But, but, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I'm like, you know, Deontay, you ain't half bad. You ain't half bad. You know? I mean, and it's not cockiness it. or arrogance, no, but you no, gotta, no, but you I have to first, it. you have to first love yourself because how right. can you expect somebody else to love That's you if you don't truth. love? How can you expect to say, "Yes, man, you're, yeah, you're beautiful," if you won't even say it to yourself? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's where I met with it. I mean, that's amazing. So then, for people who who find themselves, you know, whether it's addicted to porn or, or whatever their addictions are, mm-hmm. um. It seems like you were really able to tap into, you yeah. know, the spirit and with the Holy Spirit. Um, look, seems like you were able to tap into and renew your relationship with God, right? And mm-hmm. but what about like what you know? If there's someone who just feels completely lost, or they're so entrapped, and mm-hmm. they, you know, what is your advice or suggestions? Like, should they go? Should they go to a therapist, or should they? Should they, I mean, you know, like what, yeah. what should, do you think that? Yeah. Well, I have, we have the first keep in mind, preachers is ideal for us to say, everybody come to Jesus or have a come to Jesus right, moment. Right. And that's what a lot of things right. they'll say. You but know. the reality is, as much as I, I preach the gospel, I'm, you know, Jesus is the only way for me as far as I'm concerned. But the reality is, I mean, you're going to need, some people need help. Some people need therapy. Some people need counseling. Some people need different forms. Which of is another taboo right. in some right. communities, especially in our community. It's especially, taboo. especially in the I ain't got no quack. What you talking about? <laughs> I don't need no. I don't need no. no. Sometimes we need somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need some. We need therapeutic services to say, you know what? Just listen for a minute. Just listen. Hear what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been going through this for a long period of time, and I, and like I said, I wish I had somebody to talk to. I mean, I was a preacher. I, I started preaching at 16, still wrestling with it. Preaching, getting off the pulpit, going home behind closed doors, entertaining my addiction, entertaining mm-hmm. my flesh. Mm-hmm. Didn't have nobody to talk to. I've had pastors. I felt like I couldn't go to them. Mm-hmm. You follow what I'm saying? Because I thought I would be judged or looked at differently. They would mm-hmm. sit me down, of course, or whatever, rather than telling me, "Okay, look, you need some help." You know, but I found out after I started walking in my deliverance process, a lot of preachers was going through it. I mean, they was doing the same thing. They was cheating on their wives. They was doing a lot of worse stuff than what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they was cheating on their wives. They was entertaining porn. I mean, they was messing with all kind of people all across the city. And so I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? I said, dang, Deontay, I thought you had it bad. <laughs> I should not be laughing. I mean, but it's true. No, but it's it's just the way you frame it. I should not. It's It's not funny. 
but it's the it's way true. you put it. And yeah. so to this day, um, a but lot of times. But it is true. You're right. You're it's, right. It's and, that, and that's something we've got to deal with. Yeah. Because when we're talking about souls, yeah. we're talking about, you know, people's livelihood. Their souls are at stake. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something to play with. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. really not. Because yeah. people get burned and people get that church hurt. And now we got millennials and everybody shouting, oh, I'm spiritual, not religious, which I mean, okay, fine, if that's how you believe. But Mm -hmm. people are being turned, a lot of people are being turned away from the church and from anything related to God or anything related to the Bible or any, they don't want to hear it because, because they see that kind of behavior. And we've got to, at some point, we've got to deal with ourselves because I believe we're going to have to answer for, for the things that we've done. I found myself, Deontay. You are most effective when you just tell the truth. Dang, when you preach, amazing. you just just tell the truth. I mean, I can be even though I'm shy, I, I can be it. comical, and sometimes I'm up there preaching. I I tell the truth, but it de- it depends on your delivery with it. It's not what you say; it's how you say it. Mm-hmm. You follow what I'm saying? And so sometimes people like to hear a joke every now and again yes. between in sermons yes. or whatever. And so yes. sometimes I deliver that kind of thing. That's and good. so I'm gonna have to come to your church. I'm gonna have to hear you come. Christian come. Fellowship Baptist Church, 1608 Arcadia Avenue. My pastor is Lamont Robinson, right okay. behind Johnny Boys okay. on Southern Avenue. You better know. Everybody know Johnny Boys. Everybody in DC know Johnny Boys. <laughs> the Maryland DC line. Oh god. Yeah, but no, but um. I always try to, anytime I get up and preach, I always try to be truthful mm-hmm. and, and be honest and be relatable to the people. Yeah. And so I found that a lot of, even young people that may happen to, wherever I'm preaching, mm-hmm. young people may be sitting in the audience or whatever. This one guy, I never forget it. I was at Pastor Farmer's Church, uh, Church of the Great Anointing. And I was preaching and he was a young guy. I think he had just got out of prison too. Mm-hmm. And he was just getting back into church and he was saying how a lot of, you know, preachers wasn't doing it for him. They wasn't cutting it for mm-hmm. him. He was like, But man, you were just so honest and so truthful. And he said, I was having a coming to America moment. Man, that, that boy good. That boy good. And, he's like, <laughs> and, and you know, and so my thing is preachers get so stuck on the fact that, you know, oh, it's a packed house. Oh, everybody's standing up. Oh, I'm gonna send them to Hoopville. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the organist to tune me up at the very end and hoop, and the organ gonna back me up. I don't care about all of that because a full church don't mean is a full church don't mean it's God's church. You gotta see what it's full of. So if you got a, a bunch of people that's just hyped off of the hoop and they missing the essence of the sermon and what you're saying. They walking out still unequipped to deal with mm. the spiritual warfare. Oh my goodness! And so, if I can just get one person out of the sermon and say, you know what, I'm gonna remember this sermon to the day I die. And it's people to this day they be like, you know what, Deontay, I remember, I remember like a year ago you preached X, Y, and Z. In the beginning you said this, in the middle you said this, and in the end you said oh, this. Man. He said, I never forget that. People say that from time to time, and and that's what really moves me. If I can just get one, mm-hmm. and I always before I preach, I always pray. And I say, Lord, don't let this just be a good sermon, but let it be a sermon that's going to do the people some good. That's Doors of the church are now open. Praying. We're going to have a basket right here for tithes offering and seed offering right now. Amen. Anybody that's in the studio, I can come in and, do, and get that offering. That's a good word right there. Oh, yes. Oh, you have f- dropped multiple <laughs> sermons in the 27 Make minutes. sure y'all pay me, too, for them sermons. I love it. No, I'm joking. I love it. I'm, I'm joking. I'm, I, you have blessed me. You have blessed my spirit. Oh. And just as a, no, I'm serious. And this little my bit little of, shot self. Of t- <laughs> no, I, 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 I it, it's, again, it's liberating. Mm. So, once again, Deontay, please tell us the name of your book. 
um, and where we can find it, where we can find you, your social media, if you have a website. So the name of the book is Saved, Sanctified, and Addicted to Porn, Overcoming Sexual Perversion. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. And what name, what name can we find you at on? Deontay Curl. Okay, so yeah. it's all. D-O-N-T-E, last name Carol, I have a website, www.deontaycarroll.com. You kind of sound like you're rapping. Huh? You kind of sound like you're rapping. I should rapping be a rapper, too. too. You, you have got a lot of I'm a talents. poet, though. I'm a you poet. You have a lot so, of talent. Yeah, I write I can, poetry. I can tell. I, I can I'm tell. a poet. But, um, yeah, deontaycarroll.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is my first and last. I'm on everything. I oh, love everything. it. Well, um, Deontay, look, we, I definitely, I think we should do a part two. Um, I appreciate your time mm-hmm. and, and thank you for your transparency and your honesty and for allowing, spending time with God and allowing God to use, use you and use your testimony um, for the good and the inspiration it, for other people's inspiration and um, development and maturity in, in the spirit. Um, all right. Well, You heard it here. You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. Yazzie Speaks on Millennial Minds. Until next time, peace.